everybody. Hope you're well. My name's Paul. I'm the Sporting Director of um, Sporting Club Alaman. And with me tonight is, uh, we'll start with you, Raj. Uh, my name's Raj. I'm the Funding Director of Sporting Club Isle of Man. And also dealing with the membership side. So you've had, a lot of you've had probably emails off me over the last few days. So um, any queries, do fire them back. Tony? Tony? Hi, I'm Tony Keating, uh, Chairman of Sporting Club. Ty? Uh, Ty Smith, uh, Partnerships Director at Sporting Club. Very nice. To have you all here with us this evening. Yep. So we're, we thought we'd do a quick Q&A with everybody. Um, one of the key things that we would like for Sporting Club and the teams that it owns is a really open and honest communication pathway to the members and the partners and the wider community that, that we all represent. So this is the first part of that, to be open, accessible and available to ask loads and loads of questions of us. Um, and we hope by us setting this standard that when we're long gone, that those who are in our shoes will continue that fine tradition of being open and honest and transparent with everybody. So um, for those of you that don't know, Sporting Club Isle of Man is a, a club that's been created um, with the aim of showcasing and promoting the Isle of Man and its community. And it's, a, it's going to do that through team sport um, and by you know, giving opportunities to individuals, organisations in the local community within a team sport environment, um, working towards having professional level um, sport on the Isle of Man available for participants, supporters, businesses and professionals to engage with. So um, we have two clubs at the moment or two teams. One's a football team called FC Isle of Man, which um, we hope will be playing next season in the, in the English League. And one is a cycling teams or team, team called Cycling Club Isle of Man with men's and women's teams who hopefully will be um, competing at the elite level um, in Britain and Europe. Um, next season. So that's the kind of the background. We we opened up membership to pre-registered um, pre-registration. So people who um, asked for a little bit more information over the last kind of few months. So eight days ago, we opened up memberships, and we're now a global club. We have members in eleven different countries um, from the USA, Canada, uh, all across Europe, um, Asia, and Australia. Um, and on Thursday this week, we will open up memberships to the wider world. Um, and we wanted to just have a, an opportunity for you guys to speak to us and ask us questions prior to that launch. So Raj is the compare with no compare this evening. Um, so I'm going to hand over to him. Brilliant. Um, so the first question uh, that came in is, and this is for Ty to answer to begin with, is why are there so many different memberships and what do they mean? Okay, cool. So I presume we're starting with me so that the evening can get better as it progressively goes on. That's okay, not a problem. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess first first point to that then is, let's be very, very clear, there aren't any different types of, of membership per se. I think we need to get accustomed to the language that we're using at Sporting Club and memberships relate to uh, the, the entity of Sporting Club itself and in effect for member insert owner. Yeah, that, that's the terminology that we need to be clear about. So a member, in effect, owns some of Sporting Club um, and, and Sporting Club then owns the clubs underneath. What we have got, and we appreciate it's really, we've tried to make it as clean and as straightforward as we can, um, but it... it, it, it we, Hold on, say, that's, that's, wait there, wait there, wait there. 
we might have to start again. Okay, why? What's happened? No working. No one's on. It, I don't think we were on a, on a live stream, were we? It's saying live on Facebook. All right, yeah. carry I'm, on. I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking on Facebook. <laughs> I can't see anything. You can't. Professional, professional comics. That's what we are. Is, 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 is anybody actually watching though? That's the question. Can we get a response from anybody? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, where, well, so where we were on that is we, we appreciate it's going to take some adjustment. We appreciate this isn't a model that we're used to uh, on the island or in, in, in UK as a whole. But for, for whenever you hear the word membership, think owner of that club. Now, what we have at the moment is we are selling memberships at sporting clubs, so i.e. owners at sporting club, and we're also sell it, selling supporter uh, status of the clubs underneath so directly a person can't directly own football club but they can own it through sporting club as and and, and they will be a, a a supporter of football club itself now once we've established that we're basically where we are now uh, is is that we have to have uh, uniformity on the members because we didn't from from a sort of corporate perspective we didn't want to start getting into issues around uh, inequality or you know we wanted to keep that model very very simple to say one member has one vote and everyone has equal importance um, the once we start moving down to, to the to the supporters clubs and the perceived um, hierarchy what what we tried to do was to say look we recognize that there's been a, a number of people behind this project from and, and supporting it really actively from early doors and, and and we wanted to find a way to say thank you to those people and we thought it was right and appropriate to give them first opportunity to come on board um, as we as we move further down that road we, we also wanted to um, always wherever we possibly can, positively reinforce behaviors that, that help us achieve our objectives and, and the first thing about that was to say okay we'll look for those guys that are, that are coming on board very very early and they've been there from the start we want to show them our appreciation by giving them some additional perks so all members uh, will have perks in some way shape or form um, you will have supporters will have different levels of perks available depending upon where they're out where they've chosen their support status to be and at that, we will have uh, Yinchid uh, supporters, um, or, or, or and, and we will have uh, FIAG supporters. Um, so really, Yinchid is Manx for first, and what we want there is basically there will be some exclusive perks that those guys will get that we want to uh, we want to offer those out. There'll be competitions, there'll be uh, exclusive events, those sort of things that um, only those guys can come to, and, and and it's really just our little way of saying thank you. Now, what we also wanted to do was to make sure that um, everybody had equal and fair opportunity. That that can't uh, carry on ad infinitum. So we also wanted to, to almost reboot every year and give people an incentive to come back and renew their memberships early so every year the first 500 official supporters of football club will attract in cheat status um, every year and that could be a different 500 dependent upon how quickly people get their uh, their, their membership back up at, at sporting club and renew their support status at football club for example so um does that answer the question raj i appreciate that was yeah, very yeah, long right, yeah. no 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 that's, no that's fair enough and i think was it with these sorts of stuff it's it's always important. We're on the end of an email. We've got our emails. If you haven't already got it, it's on the website as well. So any concerns about your membership or what you need to do, do fire us an email. We're always there. Uh, I would say 24-7. We are pretty much 24-7. It has been that for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. completely. completely. Um, 
Next question then, uh, just to lead on from that then, is if someone is only interested in supporting the cycling football team, uh, and it's again, this is for Tony Anti, um, do they still have to be a member of sporting clubs? So we'll start with Tony first. So if someone's only interested in cycling football, why do they have to become a sporting club member? Uh our preference is that everybody joins sporting club and becomes part of it. it it's not compulsory. Uh, we're more than happy to have people coming along and supporting the football club and taking out season tickets. The key thing about, about being part of sporting club is to become a member and become a part of the whole whole scheme. By being a member of sporting club, you're, you get more of an ownership. You get a, an ability to take, take part in decisions to help drive us forward and, and come forward from there, as well as being on the board. There will be uh, elections for, for members later on this year to bring more people in so we can get, uh, get more of the membership involved and, and help drive the club. Brilliant. Uh, Ty, do you want to add anything more to that? Yeah, I, th I think part of it is is about uh, driving engagement as well, isn't it? You know, like we, we, we actively want our supporters at football club to be engaged at, at, at sporting club. You know, there, there is a there is a community piece to all of this, um, which is we want people to sort of care. And, and whilst look, we completely acknowledge that some people don't have the time in their lives to, to, to you know, extend beyond perhaps coming to the game on a Saturday, but wherever we possibly can, you know, and, and those people will be more than welcome. Of course they will be. You know, they're as, as important as everybody else. But we want people to, to have an active voice in the direction of this club because it's 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 their club. It's our, it's a club you know owned by the community for the community. So we really want them to be behind it. Mr. Jones, Raj, can I just jump in, please? Um, yes, you can. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I think the the wider bit is, um, and maybe we'll touch on it a bit later, is around why you know a sporting club model exists and and why we're not going after a big benefactor and all that sort of thing. But ultimately. Like we have chosen team sport as the vehicle for us to do our bit for our island. Now it's because it's the stuff that we're passionate about. It's the stuff that we might know a little bit about. It's the stuff that we think we can do really, really well to add value to our community. Um, so really, you know, whether it's football or cycling or whatever sport it is, you know, we're here to showcase our community. We're here to help the island be in a better place in 20 years time than it is now and it's already in a good place and we hope that people get behind that and it also happens to be that we've got a football club and a cycling team so if they do well we all do well and they'll do well when we all get behind it so you know I don't I don't think it's either or I think it if you believe in the project for football then you believe in it for cycling and you believe it believe in it for every other sport but you just might have more of your eyes on football more often than not but the outcome is is the same outcome for each sport it's about showcasing our community our businesses our island and promoting it far and wide um, so people know who we are, respect us for what we do and want to spend a bit of time and money with us. And just to reiterate on that, Paul, point uh, about the other clubs around Europe and that, that model has been very successful, uh, you know, with the Barcelonas, Euroathletic Bilbao's, etc., where there's a common ownership, a common culture behind the sports teams, which means it's bringing the unity within their nation as such, with sports as the sort of spearhead. 
Yeah, absolutely, Raj. I think I think you're right. You know, we can we can name a, a team in, in in most countries if it's uh, Lazio in Italy or Feyenoord in in, in uh, the Netherlands or uh, you know Barcelona in Spain. We can go on and on and on about the the the, the number of uh, times that that model has been seen to work. Um, I, th- I think it is. I think I think we we just it's about engagement and and and, and an activeness rather than a passiveness. I think. Completely. Um, just the final two points on the membership before we move on to the structure side of it. Um, Tony, why are under-16s uh, not allowed to become members? Well, you Sorry, Tony, you're muted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, under-16s, we, we, we want to welcome the part of the club as much as we can. Unfortunately, membership we're restricting to adults. We're asking them to get involved in decisions in terms of running a club later on. They've all got the potential to be uh, a member and go on a board of the, the company that's running it. Uh, so that there's a lot of a lot of uh, responsibility potentially on those members. So we, we've taken the decision that, in order to make sure that we don't have any issues ongoing, that we won't uh, allow under 16 to become a member. Uh, we will be allowing them to become season ticket holders, to become supporters club members in each of the sports. Uh, and we'd hope that when they do become 16, they'll they'll, they'll love to join uh, as a member as well. Brilliant. And just try to pick up that point about the supporters club members. So what would happen at the supporters clubs then for these under 16s? Yeah, so I, I mean, it, it, it's a great point that, that Tony's just made with regards to, to the legalities and, and, and the sort of responsibilities going to be placed on members potentially if they elect for that. And, and it goes back to the what I touched on earlier around parity. You know, we want, we want equality at that level you know we don't want any voices to be more and it's probably not appropriate to have somebody be a member but not let them have a voice um so we we, we always devised the notion of, of of the supporters clubs because we recognize look it's fundamentally crucial that that we have uh, the younger generations involved and 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 sort of really actively behind the sports so you know we, we always envisage the the model where we would have that engagement and have that ability for them to show their colors for their team and, and become actively involved through the support clubs so whereas um you know if you are a supporter of the club it, it means the same thing whether you're a junior supporter or whether you're a senior supporter you're still just a supporter of the club it's only in order to be a supporter of the club you have to also be a member at a senior level um, and, and as tony says there's an eventual flow through there as well i mean what what i would love nothing more than than, than we get a really really active junior supporters club you know where where the 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 that the younger generation there are taking an active lead in it in, in events that they want to see and things that they want to do with the club. I would love that. I would absolutely that would, would be amazing. And and you know, uh, if there are people out there now watching any of this that are thinking, you know, that's what I want to do, they're brilliant. Like get your ideas together because I think in, in the in the very near future we'll be doing some active engagement around the actual supporters clubs and very quickly our attention will turn to the junior supporters clubs. Um and, and we're all ears really you you have as much uh, a, of, of an important voice to have and, and you know we'll rely on your support on a match day as we will do the senior supporters as well awesome i think it was one of the last questions here we've got membership was just the process itself um i'll, I'll answer that question it, it's the process is fairly straightforward all we need is the name the address the email address the date of birth of the individual that you want to buy the membership for if there's multiple memberships and it's a you included in that just make sure you have those details to hand um, but any problems, some of you already had emails from me just to sort of clarify some information, not a problem at all. Okay. Right, so we'll move on to the corporate structure side. So uh, one of the questions, obviously, timely in the current situation. Um, so we'll start with Tony as our sort of chair, but also with the fiduciary background that he has. Um, 
what are we doing at Sporting Club and within the teams to promote uh, equity and diversity within the structure, within the board, uh, within the teams and the operations? And others can chip in afterwards as well. But if you don't mind, Tony, are you happy we answer that first? Yeah, no, we're actively looking to recruit and bring people on as, as we grow and take it in from, from all aspects of, of Manx life. Uh, there should be no limit to who can join us. It's a community event. It's not a requirement to be a great sportsman, as anybody who'll uh, see me play football will attest to. Uh, you know, in terms of, it, it is there for everyone. We want to welcome not just people who are really interested in sports, but people who are interested in seeing the Isle of Man uh, promoted on a, on a wider stage, but also people who want to get involved in terms of as part of the community to develop more, uh, more skills, not just sport related, but I think, uh, We've touched on this before, but there's going to be a lot of opportunities for the areas around sport uh, to develop, whether it's as a trainer, as a coach, as a referee in, 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 in the football, uh, and also to look at, uh, at other areas where we can go in management and just to help develop those, those areas too. So we're, we're open to everyone. We, we, we want to grow. And over the, next, uh, over the next year, we'll start getting more people from, from all parts of the Isle of Man. Brilliant. Uh, Paul, would you like to add some more to that? Or? A couple of bits, like, um, so we're, we think we're already showcasing that from the perspective of, of the decisions we're making. So we're, we're keen not, not to be a national team um, and, and we, we made decisions around our club crests that reflected different aspects of Manx heritage and Manx culture other than the traditional three legs of man and, and the yellow and red kind of colours. Um, and that was conscious, really, uh, decision from all of us because we wanted this club and the clubs that we own to be reflected of the community that we have on the island now and we hope to have in the future. Now, there's some really strong bonds from Celtic roots and Viking roots um, that, that we're all kind of aware of and we wanted to symbolise within our crests but we also wanted to make sure that no one felt disenfranchised by what we were doing um, and that we appealed to as much of our community as possible. So although, um, you know, there are the, the Manx and the Manx heritage and Manx lineage, which on one of my sides of my family I have, um, uh, proud to, to, to be representing the Manx people, um, there's also a lot of people who either weren't born here or don't have generations of Manxness within them who are proud to be Manx and Manx residents. And this club is for everybody. It's for, yes, we will represent our nation um, to a certain point um, and, and expand upon all the great stuff other people are doing. But we're not a national team, um, but we do very much want to represent our community. So our board and our membership should represent our, hopefully, our community. And that's not just the the white Manx community, it's the, you know, the Afro-Caribbean, the, the black, the Asian, the Filipino, the Polish, the Italian, the, the South African, this melting pot that we now have on the Isle of Man. Um, we even let the you know, Irish people in with Tony. So uh, <laughs> we, we, it's, we're, we're, we want our teams and our membership and our community to be representative of, of our community and not just Manx nation. Yeah. So I guess that's, so the, the yeah. badges that we've made and some of the decisions that we've made um, reflect that and, and, you know, hopefully people will, will see that and understand that as things move forward. I think one of the points there is it's all about it's experience, it's skills, it's ability 
within the roles and responsibilities that we perceive to help us to go forward as a club and a team. Uh, Ty, would you like to add anything more to that? No, absolutely, Raj. I think, I think in, some, in some regards, it, it, we just need time to demonstrate them. That, that, that's, that's a piece. People need to give us time to be able to, to, to see the output of what we do. And, you know, from day one, I think the vision we've always had was about creating, you know, we, 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 had, the, we had the vision of basically 3,000 people in the, vo- in, in the bowl from all walks of the island's life coming together for that one event in complete unity behind one focal point that's what we had yeah that was always the dream behind it it's going to take some time for us to do that but as you said you know it's about um getting the right people on board and and us having the right philosophy and the right mindset now and 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 with those two things combined and a little bit of a little bit of time to show our credentials uh it will become pretty apparent what, what our position is Brilliant. I'm just going to hold it there. There's a few messages coming in saying it hasn't started on Facebook Live. And I, put, I put a message on the Facebook group to say that we're recording it. Um, I'm looking at my screen with a little, your Facebook Live will start soon um, in, in, the, in the thing, but we're recording it. So we're going to, we'll put the video on and we'll, we'll act like people are watching it for now. <laughs> Fair enough. But the, the Zoom, the link between Zoom and Facebook hasn't um, doesn't seem to be working, and it's thinking at this moment in time. So yeah. So are we are we on delay in effect? We'll be on about an hour's delay because when I yeah. I'll put the video up after the fact. <laughs> this is, like, this is like my dream when I was a child on the on, on the on the sort of Clive Anderson thing, you know, of like being on satellite delay. Yeah. So we we. we, we done pretty decent over the last eight days to 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 get where yeah. we've got and, and and this is this is the first stumbling block when we're relying on live technology so um Brilliant. yeah i'll put another post on the facebook group just to say it I'm, the 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 buffering isn't happening yet so we may at some point in the next half an hour turn up live and we're just saying goodbye to everybody but uh, <laughs> the best part yeah. Yeah. Well, i think we, we, we crack on we record it yeah, as, as it is and then as soon as we're done i'll post it up on the group and and people can watch it listen this really? is this is part of the of the of the risk of being a cutting edge club isn't it really like yeah. I mean, you could argue with bleeding edge this is this is part of the problem we're bringing it to you in real time and things happen <laughs> okay, and the final point on corporate structure, so to Tony again, um, and others can answer as well. Are the four of us, that includes yourself, uh, involved within the teams that we have at present? And if so, how are we keeping our roles as sporting club and with teams separated? Um, and how do we perceive that to work as we progress? So it's three points question. Are we working? Well, I think for all four of us, we are, yes. Um, um, but how are we keeping those actions separate? So, Tony, you can start with that first, please. Yeah, sure. Uh, we're going to have a, a separate board for each team and one for, for a sporting club. Uh, it's important that we, we, we allow the right people to get involved. Uh, we have more people involved with uh, FC Alamann at the moment, uh, who are very, you know, very, very keen on the football and very keen to push on with that. With the cycling club, we're, we're developing now. There's more people joining there uh, with more expertise in the cycling area. And then with, with Sporting Club itself in the, uh, in the centre, we're, we're trying to manage all teams to make sure we, we continue to promote what we want to do as a Sporting Club brand and make sure we're all working in the same direction, even though we'll have different, different aspects needed for each sport uh, to make sure that we build a, a central, central platform. Brilliant. Um, anybody else want to add anything more to that about the corporate structure and our roles? 
Yeah, maybe no, a little I, bit like uh, only only because you know, like unfortunately for a lot of people, they've seen a lot of me, and and you know that's that's not great for anybody. Um, but, let, <laughs> but at the same at the same time, we're, we're quite a small group at the moment, and and that small group has meant we've got to this point. Um, but we've probably got gone as far as we can by ourselves. Um, you know, so we've we've had to split ourselves quite thinly. Um, with working and volunteering for this and everything else to get to this point. Um, football club's got a great group of people there um, working with it, but they, you know, there's, there's roles that they need a little bit, little bit of help with. Certainly the four of us at sporting club level, you know, you know, we've, we've had some fantastic help from Jill, Crennel, Rich Slee, Tom Brew to get us to this point. But, you know, when I'm doing social media posts and, and Raj is doing like spreadsheets until all hours in the morning, collating memberships and that's not sustainable long-term. So, you know, our aim is, has always been to get it to a point where we can bring other people on board. And, and now we hope that people get behind the venture and, and not only get behind it and support us uh, in the sense of giving us you know, giving the club twenty pounds or thirty pounds for their membership, or buying some tops and merchandise. It's like we believe we can do this, and we've got some pretty big ambitions. But we need some bodies who believe and can and can do it with us, or want to help us to do it. So we're at that kind of point now. Once we get um, the the open membership launch out of the, out and done, and um, we we've got a few more people. Within our midst, then we will be asking for people to to join us and to help us on a on a day-to-day -day basis to make this happen. Um, and so we hope there's people out there that would like to join our little merry band and um and, and put a bit of work <laughs> to, to make yeah. this happen. Brilliant. And uh, Ty, would you like to say anything else on that point? Uh no, no only only well sorry no yes uh just <laughs> just just on the point around the bit the question you had around how we manage in that and, and and I think um at the moment, in terms of the, the, the taking the, the time demands out of the equation, I think fairly easily, and I, and I think part of that's because there are so many synergies between it. Like a lot of what we're trying to do at, at Sporting Club is to take some of the burdens off the clubs underneath. Um, so, you know, doing that once uh, and, and allowing the other clubs underneath to benefit from it, it that, that, that's the scalable part, really. You know, some of these things we have to do once, and then once they're done, we don't have to do those things again. So, for example, the kit supplier deals, um, you know, th that, that's, that's one of those ones. We, once we've got it, we've done it, and it will be that for the next three years. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if, if there was less of a clear vision, I think if there was less um, of a direction from a uh, sporting club, uh, it would be a bit more difficult, but because it's so clear on its ethos and its vision and what the clubs must do underneath to to reinforce that vision and, and, and sort of uphold their end of it in that regard, I think it's quite easy to to, to, to sort of see the cut-off point at the moment. So that's not a problem. Like I said, I think it's time that's the issue. I think was it the other point to pick up there is um, the 10 or so, 13 actually, including the three sort of consultants to the group, we've all got non-personal agendas, non-hidden agendas. It's always been very transparent. And I think that's how we've always operated. And that's what we, hopefully, our members will see how we operate with them as co-owners um, going forward and continuing for the future. Because the people that we want to obviously bring on board have that same mentality. Because otherwise these things don't work and synergies don't work. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Okay, um, just a couple of points on funding um, that I want to bring up. So a question here that has been brought up is funding is from a 
membership subscription, sponsorship of the uh, local teams, uh, and maybe some donations. Um, has, there any be, has there been any consideration of approaching um, sort of wealthy benefactors on the island, or have they approached, or would that be something that's been considered? Um, I'll pose that question to Ty to begin with. Yes. That's it. I mean, we've got there's two things we want to achieve. Really, is is uh, absolutely whether you're wealthy or less wealthy. If you're part of this community, you have as much opportunity and as much right to have a say in what we do and how we do and how you are represented as anybody else. Okay, so that's the first thing is that we, we, we aren't, uh, there's no uh, anti-rich agenda here or anything along those lines. It's just sustainability is, is, is a key portion of what we stand for. And that's not only environmental sustainability, that's also commercial uh, sustainability, economic sustainability. And what we, what we see or what we perceive in, in, in some of the game in the UK, for example, is absolute financial instability and, and 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 that's never somewhere where we want to go you know we, we we think the sustainable model is always living within our means and always having the community behind us um to to to, to be the the core the core bedrock of, of what we're doing um i i would have a worry um, potentially that becoming reliant on uh, a, 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 a high net worth individuals funding forever and more might take us in a certain direction um, and uh, might not perhaps keep us as on track to that line of economic sustainability as we would want to be. Um, if, if somebody, however, spotted a particular opportunity or there was something that, for example, they wanted to be involved in, so say, for example, uh, somebody wanted to donate funds for X, Y, or Z. And that, you know, an example of that may be the, uh, the, the, the hospitality buildings that we have to put in uh, for, the, for the games. Um, if somebody wanted to come along and say that, of course we are more than welcome to have that opportunity, uh, that, that discussion. And there is that opportunity that's always there. But what we don't want to do is just take it for granted that there is always going to be somebody who will bankroll the club. We don't think that is an appropriate thing to do or an appropriate way to think. And how does that fit in, Tony, with the, the sort of, should we say, the corporate memonats uh, to sort of mitigate anybody coming in and saying, well, do you know what, I'll give you X, I want the whole company. What, what, are we, what have we got in place to try and mitigate those potential issues? Uh, well, at, at the moment, we, we, we have 100% ownership of all the clubs within, within Sporting Club. Uh, we have it within our constitution, uh, within our memonats, that we, we will not sell any more than 49%. So we will always retain control and, and ownership. Uh, I don't envisage this becoming an issue for quite a few years unless we, we have rapid success and move up. And the only reason we would consider moving in towards it is to raise some financing if we did make it into some of the higher leagues where we did need further investment or we did need more, uh, more of an income stream coming in. But ideally, we will remain 100% owned by the community forever. But we've, we've decided to keep it as an option to allow some of it to go if that's going to take, if it's going to be for the betterment of, of the club. <coughs> I think one of the other points is, uh, you know, we're actively seeking this sort of charitable status as well, which then uh, has foundations locally, maybe uh, nationally, internationally, that support and it meets their aims and objectives may look to sort of support our foundation as well as a, as a charity. So there's, an, there's plenty of opportunities uh, rather than looking at that sort of uh, benefactor position. Um, Paul, would you like to add anything else on that point? Yeah, just a couple of things, really, um, certainly to echo ties bits around being beholden to an individual 
um, and, and their whims potentially um, when, when we see we have a very clear direction about what we would like the sporting club and the underlying teams to look and feel like for our community um, and, and we certainly hope that by being community owned and, and membership owned that that will stay and the membership will make sure that those that philosophy and ethos and vision doesn't deteriorate over time um, I think the other the other little bit um, is, is is I've forgotten to be honest. That's fine. If it comes back to you, let us know. Um, but just the final yeah, point on the funding then. Sorry, yeah. the, no, okay. the final point on the funding then. Um, if Sporting Club is the parent company uh, with the teams underneath it, uh, are we? Was uh, it? Is the vision for the teams to be self-funding? self-operating uh, or, or would sporting club keep plowing money down there what is the situation there uh, tony do you want to start with that again uh yeah ideally all the clubs should become self-funding they should be generating enough money uh themselves through sponsorship through with the football club with taking season tickets and admission fees coming in uh, we're, we're hoping they could be called self-funding. It would happen straight away. So at the moment, we do have some money in Sporting Club that we will be loaning down to the companies to try and initially get, and there may be some, some grants put down to support to try and get things moving. Uh, but the long-term plan is to make them sustainable on their own, and uh, you know we hope we can do it. They, they will need to look for sponsorship, and we're keen not to take away from existing agreements on the island and other sports. We don't want to impact on that, uh, and so we're looking to kind of work out the best way for our club and certainly with the, with, with the teams we're looking, we're competing off island. So we're offering new opportunities for sponsors to, to look at a different market. They're not just going to have it on island. They're, we're going to be going to different places and, and giving them new markets to look at. So we'll, we'll, we'll be opening up uh, different areas for them. Brilliant. Um, Ty, would you like to add something to that as well? From yeah, so I guess, I, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess it's, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice segue into, into that whole relationship piece then, isn't it as well? And, and, and about what we're looking for, for the club and the direction and, and just to pick up two, two strands to that, the, the, the piece I've, I've had questions about, well, aren't you trying to have your cake and eat it by having that con that, that element within your constitution that allows you to sell some of the club if you need to. And I think the piece there around that is going to look, we're not thinking for the next two, five, 10 years, we're thinking about the health of this club and this structure for the next 25, 50 years. That's how far ahead, you know, we want in 150 years time, we want this club to be here and thriving and successful. That, that, that's our vision for this. So to, be, to, to, to lose sight of the fact that something might be needed further down the line, it, it, it would be remiss of us right now, I think. So to build in that flexibility doesn't mean we have any intention to use it. It just means we recognise it because we're experienced enough people in the world of business in our own rights to say, listen, things happen. Now, secondly, what Sporting Club is trying to do, and it ties back into what Sporting Club is, is Sporting Club is the ethical guardian in effect. And what Sporting Club has to see is the bigger picture and the greater good. So if, for example, by us being able to turn around and say in, in 15 years time, actually we can sell a 5% shareholding in, 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 in football club, but that allows us to progress four other different sports and allows those to make on and kick on and make a development. Well, that surely is, is the wise thing to do, you know, along those lines, because this is about the community and about community uh, opportunity. So that's, that's that one, I think, and, and put to bed, I think, really in that regard. 
I think the second piece then is, is around the relationship and Tony just touched on there around sponsorship opportunities. And, and what we're really trying to do is through this commercial model is, is, is flip that relationship that's starting to sour at the top echelons of the game of, of sort of commercial resentment. Um, you know, when, when uh, we're Raj, myself and yourself for our sins are Arsenal fans, you know, we've got the black <laughs> scarf movement. We've got, you know, uh, the, 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 the anti United movement, the anti glazes because of this mass commercialization at the top level of football. What we want to try and do is, is make sure that those we, we've got a multifaceted community here. We have the public community, we have the business community. They are integral parts of what the Isle of Man is. And what we want to try and do is represent those fully and, and, and make sure that they're working in a symbiotic way. Um, and, and we see within this model, between the community ownership piece and, and, and the commercial model of uh, having good, healthy engagement at, at, on, on a commercial basis for sports sponsorship, what we will always make clear to fans is that the reason why your tickets at one of our matches are going to be very, very affordable is because of the commercial relationships we have. The reason why your shirts, your replica shirts that you can buy are going to be at that price is because of the commercial support we have from our sponsors. So what we will be looking to create very, very strongly is, is, is a sense of community around our businesses and, and about their relationship with the support has been an unbelievably healthy one. Well, constant buying, isn't it? The buying to the philosophy. And I think it goes back to, I mean, was it um, the objectives that we have of responsibility, representation, sustainability? That's across the board in everything we're trying to achieve with this. Um, I think one of, one of the interesting points here uh, was attached to that question is what, hap what restrictions would Sporting Club place if a sponsor came in? So, for example, if it's e-gaming, if it's a betting company, if it's a cigarette company, alcohol company, whatever it is, what restrictions would they be placing uh, on sort of sponsoring teams, etc.? Is there restrictions? Is that path being crossed yet? Uh, start with you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think, look, let's let's be brutally frank here that, that we have a rather diverse economy on the island and we're not anti any of it by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I, I, I like I come from the game, the gaming community. That's my background. So I, I, I can't sit here and, and, and pretend that, that you know, the, the, the gaming community doesn't exist. Of course it does. And it's a real healthy contributor to the island. However, we have to consider who our audience is as well. So there are legal potential considerations around certain sponsors potentially coming on board that, you know, if, for example, we had a, a very uh, well-known brewery on the Isle of Man here wanting to come and be our shirt sponsors. We have to consider the implications of that around junior kits in exactly the same way that we have to consider the implications of that around say a gambling company or, or whatever it may be. So look, we're not gonna, we're not gonna sit here and say that, that anybody is persona non grata or we have a view that there are bad actors. That's not the case at all. You know, we would love nothing more than to work with companies who have started from scratch on the Isle of Man and have demonstrated that, that by being in the Isle of Man, you can run a, 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 an amazing business um, because that showcases all the things that we're, we're hoping to, to, to put the Isle of Man on, on, on the sort of the map for. Um, so, yeah, we, we're not going to rule anything out, Raj, is the, is the honest answer, but we certainly will consider appropriate representation. Yeah, from an ethical, etc. point. Um, yeah, just, just, just side up the funding point. So, Paul, would you like to say anything more on the funding and corporate structure before we move on? It was just to go back to the bit that I forgot that I've now... You remembered. That's all right. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, it kind of follows on from what Ty's saying a little bit. So um, 
you know, some of my background has been in, in working in a startup, a tech startup and, you know, going through funding rounds and all that sort of stuff. And I'm looking at what we're doing and go, why would somebody give us money? Why would somebody with a load of money give us money um, for something that we all think is a good idea, um, but nobody else has done before? Um, you know, it's like a, like a concept in many ways. So part of, part of what we're trying to do is do that proof of concept aspect you know and if if we can we have demonstrated that there's an awful lot of people who have heard our message that get our message and that understand why we're trying to do what we want to do now the next bit is is all of us converting those people who kind of understand how this can showcase the isle of man and do good good things to the isle of man to become members now if we can get a groundswell of people within our community then we will have people coming to us saying can we be how can we help you and we'll go, okay, well, that'd be great, yeah. But it's a two-way partnership conversation that Ty's spoken about before. So we part of the reason we're doing it is because we've spotted an a gap in the sports pathway on the Isle of Man. We that gap has been there for years and nobody has done anything about it or certainly not acted on the thoughts of doing something about it. And and we're acting on that and we're gonna drag it as far as it can possibly go and we know that we can do that as things happen people will come along on this journey with us um and and they may well have lots of money and if they do fantastic but they're not going to come and take over because not because we say so but because the way we've set the company up and the structure <laughs> is, is the community so if they want to be part of our community brilliant they want to add value to our community brilliant but there's a structure within which to do that and if that's a donation at sporting club level of a lot of money that then goes down to the clubs, great. You know, if it's something different, then that's great too. We're open to those conversations, but it's up to us as a community to prove that this is something that we want for ourselves and not wait for other people with a lot of money or government to do it for us. And that's a big driver for us is let's mobilize ourselves to get this over the line. If we can do that, great things will happen for many, many years. If we're waiting for one individual or two people to do it for us, then as soon as they lose interest, it's gone. And then there's no point doing it. And we are we actually in a worse off position than a, than a better off position. Completely. Uh, Tony, have you got any final points on the sort of funding and corporate structure side that you'd like to add? Uh, no, I think Paul's covered it there. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, I think was it my final point on that side is one of the things about the self uh, sustainability of the underlying teams is that the surplus after they've covered their costs and dealt with what they want to deal with would be pushed back up to the sporting club. Now, there may be stuff that they want to maybe uh, have sporting club uh, fund, maybe an academy or something, whatever it is in the future for the football side, for example, that will be something that is then spearheaded through sporting club um, on behalf of the teams below and that's one thing to understand is sporting club is a vehicle for also putting back into community from what it's churning out underneath from its operating entities absolutely i think i think that point around you know we can't we can't under understate uh, overstate it enough raj is that that notion that like straight off this is a not non-for-profit organization that's what this is this is there is there will be no dividends coming out at the top of it um, you know, every penny that is generated by any of these sports will be reinvested either directly at that sport or one of the other sister sports. But ultimately, it's all to do with the Isle of Man and investment here. That's what it is. Brilliant. Okay. Thank you very much, gents. We'll move on to the sort of final section, 
which is around the sort of sports itself and uh, the teams a little bit. So that's uh, putting our sporting director in the driving seat with a little power cut there as well. We all saw that, did we? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, Mr. Jones, to start off with, um, a question that no doubt, so this is um, a question from someone in Belfast, which is one of our members in Belfast, which is great. Uh, are there any other sports teams that we're looking to move into in the next couple of years? He appreciates that obviously the FC and the CC projects are huge, but has there been any thoughts about broadening the portfolio? So, <laughs> Mr. Jones, first. Um, thank you and welcome to our member from Belfast. Um, <laughs> God, yeah. Well, it just went a bit Eurovision then, didn't it? <laughs> How many points do you give him, Tony? Oh, 100 points, mate. 100 points. Well, <laughs> you can only get 12. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, firstly, that he's right. Um, the, the first, that football club project is a huge project in and of itself. It's, it's ridiculously huge. It's especially huge because of the way we're trying to go about it, and people will see those things as announcements are made hopefully over the next kind of weeks and months um, we're not doing it by heart we're trying to make sure there's there's as many opportunities as possible for as many people as possible beyond the 11 players that will be playing on on the pitch so um, that's a massive massive project um, and we would be sensible um, as a group to concentrate on that but as we're ambitious we're also got um, <laughs> <laughs> not just one but two, two cycling teams so a male and female cycling team which are going to compete at the elite level which is a continental level um with maybe going into some pro conti um races you know and, and they put their vision document or statement out there today you know looking in the future of having men's and women's teams in the tour de france um, which which we believe is is possible due to the you know the cycling culture and heritage we have on the Isle of Man, um, in the same way that the football club's looking at being a League Two football club in the in the not too distant future in the grand scheme of things when Ty's talking about being around for the next 150 years. So, yeah. <laughs> um, those timelines, it's tomorrow. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just around the corner. Um, so yeah, they're huge, huge projects, and um, you know we we. We've been really great, fortunate to have a really good group of people as a working group of, of football club who are passionate about that project and who believe in the, the values and the philosophy of, of the sporting club model and, and how that club needs to run to fit in with that. And we've also got a, a small group at the moment with cycling who are passionate about what they're doing and, and hopefully they'll add a few more bodies to that, that group as well. But both of those groups have come through their governing body. So the football group... Um, went to the governing body, um, largely me, went to the governing body <laughs> um, within their world and, um, and and asked them and got their permission in effect to, to move forward and their, their consent to move forward. So it's part of this, the football system in the Isle of Man now and not as of 1st of July. Um, hopefully we'll, football club will be, a, will be a football club and will be part of the Isle of Man Football Association. Similarly with cycling, they're, they're guys that have, have been within that cycling world, have been part of the cycle and are part of the cycling association and have consent from the cycling association. So, um, so to go back to the first part of the question, um, we're not looking. Um, it's not our decision. Now, there may be sports that we think might work quite well within our model, but that's not for us to push it. 
Um, we're busy enough and we've got enough going on. Um, but if a sport comes to us with a, a bit of a structure, a bit of an idea, it's coming through their governing body, um, we're, we're going to have that conversation because we know that if we have three, four, five teams, then from a scale point of view, it actually makes it far easier for to meet us to meet our objectives. Yes, it, there's a little bit more money involved potentially, but at the same time, it brings more people from our community behind this project potentially because they they come at it with their sport head on, and then they open their eyes up to everything else that's going on. So we're, we're open to the conversation, but we're not looking to have the conversation if unless someone's knocking at our door. Now, the, the things that pe people, I guess, need to remember is we're not national teams. So we won't be supporting national teams. Then new clubs and new teams that sit within the current structure of the local game or the local sport. So it's got to be a new club. It can't be a current club. It's got to be a new one. And it can't be a national team. So that that is something for the sports to think about, I guess. Certainly within cycling and football, these clubs now become teams become the pinnacle the pinnacle or the top part of the pyramid within our sports on the Isle of Man and um, an aspirational team. Um, and, and that's where the other sports need to, to position, I guess, themselves or to think about whether this structure fits within their development plan. If it does, great, let's have a conversation. If it doesn't, that's fine. We're busy enough. We, we, we need to make <laughs> these clubs as successful as they can. And maybe when people, again, it goes back to proving concepts. When people have seen us make this work, maybe then they can consider how it might work within their sports. But um, yeah, there's some kind of non-negotiables from our point of view, and that's two of them. No national teams, no current clubs, um, and it has to be through the governing body with the governing body's consent, whatever that looks like. No, that's what's on. I think I think a point you've made there is that we we're open to discussions, but and not actively looking. And the fact that we've you know all of us have had teams, sports, individual sports come and speak to us and say, oh, what can you do for us? What can you do for us? And it's like, it's not about what we can do for you. It's about what you guys collectively can pull together and then come and speak to us uh, about potentially helping you. But it's, again, it's that, like I said, the, the sort of the top pyramid to try and create the extra step for people to then get into the higher end of the sport if they can't yeah. and it, and showcase sport, us. And Sporting Club, as, as we've said before, Sporting Club isn't a... Um, a bottomless pit of money that are going to throw it out to different sports in order to set up teams. That's not what's happening. You know, football club are building a really robust business strategy and commercial strategy in order to make sure they can meet their budget requirements. Cycling club are doing exactly the same. Mm. You know, they're not reliant upon huge swathes of money at sporting club to get themselves going. That's not what, what it is. So if, if a sport is looking at this model and thinking, great, then they need a group of people who have a bit of an understanding of how to create a business and a commercial strategy in order to make sure that the money stacks up and sport yeah. can help funnel some money towards them through memberships or you know um, partnerships that, that sit across the top like Ty was talking about before. But you know the this this model doesn't mean the sports or the individuals who are passionate about their sport don't need to do a shed load of work because they will. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. Time and effort, <laughs> and we're putting Definitely. a huge amount in at the minute. But 
anyone who comes along is going to need to do the same um, and that their sport will benefit from it and we're going to help as much as we possibly can but at the minute all of our efforts are into making sure we've got a football club playing off Ireland next year and two cycling teams competing off Ireland next year. Brilliant. Um, James, anything else you want to add, Tyler, Tony, to that point? No. no. Brilliant. Okay, uh, next question then. Um, now this is a question again aimed uh, for Paul uh, as a sporting director. Um, how feasible would it be to do something similar to Atletico Club Bilbao where the club only uses Manx players? Now it's probably an FCR man uh, based question. I know that this is a sporting club and some of these questions are sort of focused on a team. So I think on these we probably touch upon them, but they're normally dealt with at the team level. But I'll, I'll let you ask that question anyway. Yeah, yeah, they are. So yeah, I, I could I could bat that back and say, well, that that's for the teams to to consider and to think about to an extent. But then I'll refer back to the answer that we gave earlier on in this little video, kind of saying we're representative of our community. And exactly. Now, the Basque region is a fair amount bigger than the Isle of Man. 85,000 people um, therefore the number of players they're able they do an amazing job um, with um, the three or four teams that they have in the Basque region of which Bill Bow is, is arguably the, the pinnacle but um, so they, they, they have an amazing football player development pathway in that region that, that is strongly linked to their culture and their heritage and the, the pride that those players have of representing those clubs because they're synonymous with their culture and their region. Now, there's lots of things that we see within the Isle of Man that are very, very similar and mirror quite a lot of that um, cultural national pride, even though they're a, a, a semi-autonomous region of Spain um, in the same way that we're a... Uh, autonomous region of of a Brit the British Isles, um, so there's lots of similarities there. However, for us to limit um, our player base to only people who were born on the Isle of Man or who have Manx heritage is, I think, a little bit silly and maybe a little bit naive. Um, and I think it also disenfranchises quite a big part of our population. So. Um, we, we would like for these teams to be representative of our community. So people who live on the Isle of Man in the first instance, um, or have spent a significant amount of time on the Isle of Man during developing their sporting skills. Um, and hopefully over time, that means that people go from the football development pathway into FC Isle of Man and then beyond into the Premier League, um, into the Bundesliga, into La Liga, um, into the US or wherever it might be, and then on to playing World Cups. Um, and then from a cycling point of view, into World Tour teams potentially, and then go on and win the Tour de France. Um, we're not thinking maybe that we are going to be Premier League clubs and World Tour teams within our sports, but we certainly know that we have the capability within our population who live on the island and who maybe might move to the island or... or, or um, set up home here in the future um, to do very, very well um, up to a point. And if, if our, our success is, is a springboard or a platform for people to find a higher level within their sport, then that's success. Like if we then move up and become professional and, and go up the different tiers of football and cycling because the budget allows us to, yeah, um, and that's the big thing, then, um, then great, we'll do that. But um, I think it has to be representative of the community. So, yes, there's lots of things we want to replicate about Bill Bow. Stick keeping it to Manx Nationals. Well, then we're a national team, aren't we? 
and we've already yeah. said we're not a national team. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's one in existence already, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. Then just to pick up the point about the culture side, uh, this is to, to Ty. Um, obviously, Ty, Ty has been our uh, Manx guru uh, when it comes to some of the teaching of Manx in, in this sporting <laughs> club, uh, Echelons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very um, good students. You're all very good very students, students, I will say yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the, the, the Yinjid and the Fiag and you know and uh, the Beanie <laughs> Share. And that. Yeah. <laughs> um, could the club uh, be an outlet for the Manx culture uh, and maybe even the language of the Isle of Man? I mean, where do you see that going, Ty? Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's a, it's it's a great point by the person that that sort of. Uh, brought that question to in, in, into the into the equation for tonight i think absolutely what paul's already touched on the creation of uh, of the, the 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 crest um anybody with a keen eye will already have seen that the, that the crest has been share written underneath it which is manx gaelic for be better um wherever we possibly can we've tried to make a reference and a touch point to that 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 manx heritage whilst not undermining our forward thinkingness or the forward thinkingness of the club like it, 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 we, we are literally casting back saying we've got a very strong idea of where we've come from and we're unbelievably proud of that and we will raise awareness of that wherever we possibly can but we won't use that to inhibit our our, our, our progress or, or, our, or, our, or our view of how the world can be um you know it's take all that good stuff and build on it uh so yeah we, we're gonna have some really exciting news uh for the person asking that question in the next couple of weeks which i think is going to answer your question and then some, um, but it will massively support how we see the 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 the, the sporting club model being a very very uh, a very keen exponent of what Manx culture is and can can be, and and getting people to ask those questions about well what what does that mean on your crest? Well, that's Manx Gaelic. Well, what is Manx Gaelic? Manx Gaelic is a language. That sort of conversation style, um, and and trying to reference those points whenever we can. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, and just to, just to pick up on that point then, is uh, very briefly, uh, both I know Paul and Ty were involved in the sort of stuff with um, um, Hope and Glory and their sort of sister company, Eden Creative, about the, the badge and the branding. Um, you know, we've had this conversation before, but it's probably good to have it now as well, is why the three legs weren't included in the, the band and uh, the, the badge, say, as such. <laughs> I think like, I, to be open and honest about and transparent about this, um, there was a couple of reasons. One is the fact that we we don't want to. Um, there's already national teams in the sports that we're working in, um, and we don't want to be a national team. National teams have that in pride of place on the chest as a three legs, and that's where it should stay for the national teams. And it's a super important part of our heritage and culture. And it's something that we're rightly proud of now. Um, it's not that we, we are proud of it. We've incorporated the three legs in our, in our kit designs and our clothing designs, and it's there. Um, it's just maybe not as prominent as some people expected it to be, but it's not there as prominently because we're not national teams. And we wanted players when they're, or cyclists when they're pulling on their Commonwealth Games jersey or they're pull, pulling on their Island Games jersey for the football teams to for it to feel different and for it to be different and it, for it to, to, to mean something over and above um, pulling on their club jersey. Um, so that was, that was one of the reasons. Um, the other reason is if you combine a Raven and three legs Triskillian together in any image, it's probably not a great image. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, leave it, I'll leave it there. 
<laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I mean, I believe we put the brand new story out. On, on we can the- edit that time. <laughs> no, I think I think it's a fair point. It is a fair point, and with all due respect, it is something that we have seen mocked up by somebody on the group, uh, the, the the Facebook group. Somebody sent in, and yeah, that's that's completely the opposite image of what I set out. The only bit I, I would add into Paul's point there is that there's there's quite a lot of 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 what we're trying to do, which is defy convention a little bit and and, yeah. and and do like almost the exact opposite of what people are expecting us to do and I, and I think that extends to uh, not not only just the crest but as Paul's quite rightly there you know the primary consideration is that play that should hold that should be a special moment for a player you know when they get to pull on their national shirt and and, and we won't get in the way of that but I think that, you know the, the, the use of that crest is as well it was expected and and, and we sort of didn't really want to do it that also the the, the color schemes for the kits and and, and, the, and the club colors again there was an expert so you're going to be red and yellow no why well because we want this to be something new we want this to defy convention we want this we want people to f- be almost set back by oh this actually doesn't feel like anything we've known before and that might be uncomfortable for a little while but yeah. as we've already seen with the crest you know like if the most part a really important component of what we do is how we present ourselves and the image that the club has and 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 we were you know we knew that there was a risk that we were going to alienate some people but what we've actually received and that's not just from the Isle of Man that's globally as well is that we've probably nailed it um, and 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 that's the point is you know trust us trust us with what we're sort of trying to do trust us with the representation of your club because it is your club um, but we'll, we'll be good custodians of it and, and and that might be we might challenge you and we might push you along a little bit and we'll get you out of your comfort zone but it will be good in the long run exactly and I would say um, that's spot on and it it moves me on to uh, a final few questions on just sort of sort of teams and that. I think it's probably again heading into the the team echelons here, but just tied up these two or three questions into uh, one pot for Paul. Um, football team men's um, are we looking at ladies? That's one question. Are we looking at academies? It's another question. And have we heard anything else from Northwest Counties? So there are three effective questions that have come in. Okay. From, uh, Members, we I appreciate it. Another yeah. one late on around um, UEFA as well, and is this a yeah. prelude to go into UEFA? So yeah, very kind of football centric sort of questions, um, which is understandable because that's the one most people have have heard of the most, um, and hopefully cycling will um, gather traction um, and and the wheels are in motion now. Thank you very much um, with regards to the cycling. Team. Nice Alan Partridge, nice. Thank you. <laughs> I'm here all night. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll answer them in order. Um, women's team, yeah, we thought long and hard about it and, and one of the reasons we were quite excited when cycling came along was because they, they really wanted to, to go men's and, and women's and, and we, we've already got too many men in, in, <laughs> in our boards and in our working groups and stuff like that and, and that can't continue you know we're going about diverse and equity and equality and all the rest of it but you know this is a this is a club for our community therefore um you know we we would love to have some some um ladies on on our working groups and within our working groups to actually get us doing things properly so um, that that's the first bit. But then, from a, a football point of view, the women's game's in a different place to the men's game on the Isle of Man. 
if we took um, we or if if the club was set up for a women's team, um, it it would have a quite a substantial impact on the local game um, and and take an awful lot of players from the local game, and we're not sure that was the right thing to do initially. Um, we also knew from a budget point of view that getting one team away was the first challenge. And then if we can use some of the surplus, hopefully that the football club men's team will generate, we can reinvest that into the women's game in the Isle of Man and develop the players and develop the, the participation pathways in the local game. So then in a few years time, there's the player base is big enough to support a team going away. Um, we, we were worried that if we took the, the players off island, that the local game might collapse a little bit and then we've not done anybody any good. Um, so that was kind of our, our thinking. We it's, Yes, it's part of our longer term plan, but we didn't think initially it was in anybody's best interests, let alone um, the players really. Um, as far as the academy goes, um, as part of our... Um, pitch if that's the right word to the football association and the member clubs we were we were hopeful that we could work with the Arlaman FA in the development centre that they have which is in effect their centre of excellence or academy where we could work alongside them and um, we, we're yet to really take those conversations along but that's where we would like to go with it again if we set up an academy um, independently of that then you know whether we select the players or they drift towards us then again the younger players in the Isle of Man are going to come to us and away from the local game and and, and that is going to be detrimental to the local game as well so we, we don't want to go down that road at all we think the local game and grassroots game and local cycling as well you know with with Dot and, and everything she does down at the, at the NSC track is is fantastic um we can maybe add a bit of value somewhere in that um, and, and maybe working alongside the Isle of Man Development Centre and working alongside the, um, the youth tour, which is now most wealth team, you know, and, and helping at that part of the pathway um, within the cycling world might be the place where we, where we start. So um, without all of our conversations, we're trying not to detract from what's already going on. And we're trying to add value to what's already going on. Um, yeah. Yeah. And if we can work within football and cycling and if any other sports come along in the future and we can work together in this synergy in a similar environment that the different participants are moving between, it's not such a big difference. You know, everyone's working to the same philosophy, the same vision, the same language, the same development, development processes and um, philosophies, then actually it's a much more efficient and appropriate system for everybody to be in um, and you're not going into different environments in different sports and, and not quite knowing where you stand so um, it we're part of a, a community we're part of a community but if we we're very conscious that our actions could have either neutral or very bad outcomes for the population we're trying to have as many neutral positive outcomes as possible and we're very aware that because we're in a little ecosystem and an ecology that, um, you know, our actions will impact others and we, we want to minimise the, the negative impact of that. So when you're talking about academies, it has to sit within what's already there and we're trying to identify how to do that as best we possibly can. And just to pick up on that point, is, is that fear of unknown because we are new, we're unknown and we talk about it throughout this sort of, uh, sort of Q&A is we are different and what we're trying to do is change the whole line of thinking and how things operate and therefore sometimes it's not not playing with fire when we don't need to play with fire and knowing what battles to pick and what 
to sort yeah. of neutralise, really. Look, um, and then, sorry, yeah. sorry, let's not get it, let's not be around the bush. The best thing for Football Club Isle of Man and Cycling Club Isle of Man is to settle their own academies independently. That, yeah. that, that's the best thing for us, but it's not just about us, it's about it's the best thing for the Isle of Man and best thing for Manx Sport. So that, that's what we will do and that's what we want to put in place so in 20 years' time, the people that are sat where we are now are making those same decisions. Not the best interest in Sporting Club Isle of Man or the best interest of the teams that we own. It's what's in the best interest of our, our community and then there'll be concessions that we need to make around that. It might not be perfect. It might not be ideal, but that's how we have to operate. Otherwise, we destroy what's already there, and that that can't be an that's outcome. Right. That can't be an outcome. Um, you, you then asked about the Northwest Northwest yeah. Northwest yeah. So um, we we're waiting like everybody else in the in England in the football pyramid to find out what the English FA are going to do. Um, we. We, we hope there is a place there. Um, I had a, a conversation with the English FA recently. Um, the, the Northwest Counties League are very supportive. They will, they will have us if there is a place there. Um, we hope in the next couple of weeks there will be an outcome. And when there is an outcome, we will let everybody know. So um, again, we're doing all we can to be in the league system next season, whenever that may start. And we've not heard anything to the contrary so far. Um, and that last point about UEFA, uh, UEFA, yeah, like it, like unless you, UEFA change and FIFA change their rules, then it ain't happening. Um, so it, it's a mute point for from our perspective. If things change in ten or fifteen years, then it's for the Isle of Man FA to consider. You know, so we're a, we're an affiliate or will be an affiliate from the first of July of the Isle of Man FA, um, but there will be twenty seven other clubs or twenty six other clubs that would need to decide if they wanted to go down that road and we would be technically whether we would actually get a vote in that I don't know but it's not our decision <laughs> we yeah. you know if we sun if we sit around and wait for those rules to change we'll be where we were 10 years ago 15 years ago and the reason we've done what we've done is because in football and in cycling this is the way to move forward and to provide opportunities for players competitors in our island we could sit and wait but you know, then we've lost another two generations of people who are capable of being professional athletes in their sport and people who are not able to work in sport within their professions and businesses that aren't able to expand their markets into the Northwest and England and Europe. Like, we're not waiting. Like, we've waited too long um, and we're not waiting. So, there you go. Yeah. Um, so just to sort of wrap up really before I give it back to Paul to sort of close off, um, I'll go to Tony first. Um, Tony, do you have anything else to add? To our first live Q and A session. No, just like to, like to say. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> like to welcome all the members who've joined up already. Uh, it's been a great start. Really, really pleased uh, with how the membership is going. Uh, looking forward to launching it to, to everybody else in the next week, and uh, we, we hope everybody's going to join our journey. Ty. No, just uh, echoing Tony's sentiments there. We've been so delighted by the support we've received today. And, you know, that there's a huge portion of the people that expressed uh, a desire to get behind this that have um, turned those thoughts and well wishes into actions. And, and, and that's the hardest part to do. Um, so thank you for that. Um, just excited about the, the open launch on the 11th. Um, and, and from that perspective, then let's just make sure that as many of you are watching this now, um, get the message and, and, and you convert in, in the same way that those have come before you did.
And my closing points are get onto social media, get onto Facebook, Twitter, etc. There's so much information on there, the website. Uh, there's so many things being posted on there on a regular basis, stories, etc. This will no doubt be put onto Facebook as well. And yeah, welcome on board and look forward to working with you. Your club, our club, let's go forward. Mr. Jones. Thank you. There you go. That's it. It, well, it kind of lied in the sense we, we've recorded it live, but it's not going to be live on Facebook. So firstly, apologies to everybody for it, not, the technology quite not quite working or me not quite working the technology, one or the other. So, um, well, yeah, welcome to everybody. Um, we, we've got some un unbelievably exciting plans for, for all the club and the teams. Um, there's some big announcements that will be coming up in the, in the weeks ahead. And, um, you know, I, I kind of set everyone a bit of an ambitious target of 10,000 members. I, I believe our community, you know, not just on the Isle of Man, but those who have a connection to or um, uh, an affinity with our island, um, there's a there's a big number of those people all around the world, and, and this this club is for you to to be connected to our island and to help our island do better and be better over the years ahead. So, you know, we uh, my challenge to everybody really is: can we get to ten thousand members? If you think that's a big number, FC United started with nine thousand members. There's clubs in the Spanish Premier League from smaller populations with sixty, seventy thousand members. You know, can we as an island community? show that we're behind our islands we want to promote our island and we can do that through team sport and you know it might not happen on thursday probably won't happen on thursday um, but over the next couple of years um can we grow our membership and, and 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 work together to build something really exciting for our for our small little place in the world um we're, we're a fantastic group of people and, and now it's time we start shouting about it and, and we start displaying that to the world so that's part of what we're trying to do so thanks for listening this long thank you gentlemen for joining us and then um, i'm gonna press stop on the record so good night